Hey, Valley family, this is week number three in our series uh, that we're calling Miracles and kind of the big finale. And uh, before we jump in, boy, I, I just want to just, just make mention of a couple things. Next week, we're starting a brand new series uh, that we're calling A New Normal. We're going to talk about life right now and, and in the aftermath someday, you know, as we see in the future uh, of this, this uh, virus, this crisis, coronavirus that we're uh, we're in the middle of right now, and so I want to invite you back for that. I uh, also just want to mention, you know, not really purposely, but we now have had 50 consecutive days of prayer. As we've gathered online through Facebook Live, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock at night, Saturday mornings, of course, Sunday we pray on our online campus, 50 days of prayer. And, and a lot of times churches talk about 21 days of prayer or 40 days of purpose, but as a Valley family, we've been able to connect through social media and our online campus 50 days of prayer. And the reality is God is really doing some miraculous things. He's doing some miraculous things on an individual level. We've heard so many answers to prayer people in our church that have had coronavirus that have recovered, are recovering. Uh, we just want to give glo God glory for all of those. Also what God is doing is we're, we're just making deep, deep impacts for Jesus Christ in our community through our Spread Hope outreach. Just think about this. Just wrap your head around this. And I, I, I'm just so humbled, Valley family, to be a part, first of all, of this church, much less be the, the lead pastor of this church, that through your gigantic generosity, Valley family, uh, we have... Sh we have shared 5,600 meals. We have prepared and shared 5,600 meals. Jesus fed the 5,000 with loaves and fish. We've been able to feed more than that, uh, actually through your generosity, Valley Family, and it just keeps going on. Over 700 meals a week on average that we're preparing. And then also 2,000 bags of groceries and uh, products that, that people need that we've been able to deliver. This week alone, probably 500 more bags are gonna go out just in this week. And, and so I just wanna thank you so much from my heart. My wife Susie and I, we're, we're just in awe. And, and you know what? May 20th is gonna be our 30th anniversary, 30 years uh, since I was ordained as a pastor here at Valley Christian Church. And I believe 30 years God's been preparing me, preparing Susie and I for this moment. And I couldn't be more proud. And I just want to give God the glory for everything that he's doing. And if you're joining us for the first time on our, our Valley Online Campus, uh, I hope you feel just a warm welcome here. You're always welcome here uh, at Valley Christian Church on our online campus. And when we're open, when that time comes, Join us and check us out for sure. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of us, and we're, we're, we're so thankful that you're a part of us right now. Well, let's jump into the message, and uh, we're in week number three. So today we want to jump into, I want to look at one of my favorite miracles that Jesus actually uh, performed in, in the Bible, and uh, 
you know, the reality is, uh, it's kind of cool, it's, it's weird, honest to goodness, preaching to an empty room here, but you know what, I, I just thought about it this way, as you're in your home, probably watching this right now, uh, this doctor makes house calls, how about that, I'm one of those doctors makes house calls, so, you know, put up your feet, hope you're, you know, drinking some coffee, something like that, the doctor is in your house today, and uh, I want to just share this, one of my favorite stories, miracles, like I said, that Jesus did, uh, because you know what, at the heart of of every single miracle. Jesus did all kinds of different miracles, but at the heart of every single miracle, there's a cry in the heart, Jesus, I need a miracle. Jesus, I need a miracle. And maybe you need a miracle today. Maybe it's a physical miracle. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Uh, Maybe it's a relational miracle. Uh, Maybe it's a, you know, a mental miracle, even emotional miracle. Uh, It all starts with admitting that we have a need, and we're going to find that so clearly today. So Jesus, I need a miracle. That's actually what I've just titled this message. Jesus, I I need a miracle. And so if you're sitting next to somebody right now, and and, and I know we're social distancing, but but go ahead and give them a fist pound, you know, say, Jesus, I need a miracle. Or maybe in the chat, just write, Jesus, I need a miracle. If you're by yourself, fist pound yourself. Jesus, I need a miracle, all right? There you go. It's not the same, folks. It's just not. But uh, let's look at Psalm 77. That's our passage, kind of the framework uh, for this series that we've been looking at. Psalm 77, it says, Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? Answer, no one. No one, no God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. Yes, he does. Not yes, he did. Yes, he does. He still does today. You display your power among the peoples. And so that's been kind of the framework of this short series of three weeks that that we've been in today being the finale is that God performs miracles. He's the one that performs miracles and he displays his power. That's not past tense, that's present tense. And so the definition we've been working with for miracle is this. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. It's it's when heaven and earth meet and there's divine intervention. That's what a real miracle is. We're not talking about Miracle whip, that's not really a miracle. Miracle on ice with the United States hockey team, 1980, that was really awesome. Not really a miracle. I don't know that it was an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. But this is really what a miracle is. And so uh, looking at this miracle, this is, this is, like I said, one of my favorites. And uh, you'll hear me say that most of, all the time. This is one of my favorite verses. This is one of my favorite I just love the Bible. I love Jesus, and, and it's all my favorite. But, but this one always stands out. And, and I'm going to preach it a little bit different today, uh, if you'll allow me. Uh, I, I just want to share the whole story, and then we're just going to unpack it in, in some points. They're just real practical for you and for me. Uh, so, so if you have your Valley app there, it's all in there for you. You can go ahead and open that up, uh, and that's going to help you to not only follow along, but keep track. And it's going to save those notes for you as well. And you'll be able to stay up to date with everything that's going on uh, with the Valley family. And so here it is, Luke chapter 18, beginning verse 35. And let me give the context. This is, Jesus is in Jericho, and he's, he's about to you know, start on the last bit of his life, literally, as he's going up to Jerusalem. Uh, and this is just like days before the triumphant entry. 
So the crowds are really, really big. There's a huge, huge buzz. Jesus is going through Jericho up to Jerusalem for the Passover. And the triumphal entry is just a couple days after this. And the crowds are going to be waving and all this. So there's a lot of, a lot of excitement about Jesus. And that's where we pick up the story in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 35. It says, And Jesus and his followers arrived at Jericho. There was a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. And when he heard the crowd approaching, he asked, What's all the commotion about? So he couldn't see, but, but he hears the crowd. He, what is going on? And so he says, well, What's all the commotion about? And, and someone tells him, It's Jesus, they said. Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by. Don't, don't miss this. It goes on and says, And the blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and show me mercy. He shouts out. He, he couldn't see Jesus, but he could feel the electricity in the crowd. I know it's been a long time since we felt that about two months, but he could feel the electricity in the crowd and, and, and he couldn't see, but he could hear. What he could do was he could hear and he felt that buzz, that electricity, and he shouts out, Jesus, have pity on me, show me mercy. And then those who were in front of the crowd scolded him and warned him to be quiet. So much going on here. But the blind beggar screamed out even louder. He didn't let them quiet him down. He, he didn't let them silence his shout. By the way, you ought not either. Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. And goes on and says, suddenly, Jesus stopped. Think about this for a minute. The crowd pressing around. Buzz electricity, blind man sitting there, what's going on? Someone tell me, oh, this is Jesus. He starts shouting, Jesus, Jesus. They try to silence his shout. He shouts even louder, and Jesus stopped. He told those nearby, bring the man over to me. When they brought him before Jesus, he asked the man, what is it you want me to do for you? Man, man I, I don't know what your need is today, but, but I, I, think, I think Jesus is asking you. And he's asking me, what is it you want me to do? See, over and over and over again, we read throughout Scripture that when there were those blind the lame, the hungry. See, Jesus cares as much about your physical need as he does about your soul. Don't let anyone tell you he doesn't. That's not, that's not the Bible, folks. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for it? it? Over and over again, the scripture says, Jesus looked out upon the multitude and he had compassion for him. He was moved with compassion. He doesn't rebuke this blind man because this blind man says, I want to see again. He's like, well, you good for nothing, self-centered. All you're worried about is your physical body. That's not Jesus, folks. That's, that's the hard heart of religion that talks like that to people when they're in need. 
Jesus was full of compassion. Just read the Bible. Full of compassion for those who had need. What is it you want for me to do for you, the Lord? Uh, Lord, he said, please, I want to see again. I want to see again. Jesus didn't say to him, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? He didn't do that. Jesus met his physical need first. That's what the gospel is. That, that, that we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk. We meet needs. That's why our spread hope, man, I, I, I'm just out of my mind crazy, crazy about what we're doing as, as a church. Thousands and thousands in our community are being fed. Because you know the church is called the storehouse. Now I'm really preaching. And what does that mean? That means we, we don't keep to ourselves in the time of need. We don't, we don't just get real stingy. What does it happens in a time of need? The storehouse does what? It opens the doors for those that have need. What did Jesus do when he came across this blind man? What did he do? He stopped in the middle of the crowd. What is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? I want to see again. And then look, it goes on and says, and Jesus said, now you will see. He didn't rebuke him for a physical, a request for a physical healing. He didn't shame him for what he asked for. Instead, the Savior showed him mercy and he loved him and he met his need. Now you will see, receive your sight this moment. Don't miss this now. For your faith in me has given you sight and new life. Hold on a minute. I I, I didn't hear the, the blind man say, I know you're the Savior. I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't hear the blind man recite the Apostles' Creed. I didn't hear the blind man get all of his doctrine right. He put his faith in Jesus when he asked Jesus for a miracle because he believed Jesus was who he said he was. So simple. So simple. Religion likes to complicate Christ. So very, very simple. For your faith in me has given you sight and, don't miss it, new life. Jesus says, not only am I going to meet your physical need, your fa- I'm also meeting your spiritual need. You're receiving new life. This is powerful. This is so incredibly powerful. I love this story. Man, there's so many layers in this story. It goes on. It's not over yet. Instantly, he could see again. Now, this is real important. Again, this word, what does this mean? He wasn't born blind. There was a time, there was a time when everything was clear. There was a time when the, when the future was clear, when the vision was bright, and something happened. I don't know what it was, some sort of crisis, some sort of accident, Uh, some sort of difficulty and now he was in the dark and he didn't know what tomorrow looked like and he didn't know what the next week looked like or the next month looked like and Jesus says it says instantly he could see again he received new sight and Jesus said you also received new life that's what the Bible says and his eyes 
popped open and he saw Jesus. What a, what a great thing. If you've been blind for a long time, first thing you see is Jesus. And he shouted loud praises to God. Look at this. And he followed Jesus. Listen, why, why are we out there? Why, why is Austin and so many volunteers, you know, smoking meats and preparing foods and packing bags? Why, 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 why are we out there doing this, Valley family? You know why? Because as we're meeting needs, you know what's happening? People are following Jesus that have never followed Jesus before. That's why Jesus met a physical need and he also met a spiritual need. And we'll see this repeated over and over and over and over again. When we meet a physical need in the name of Jesus and we show the love of Jesus Christ, you know what happens? Also a spiritual need is met as well. And many are turning to faith in Jesus Christ, some for the first time, some renewing their faith. And you know what else they're renewing their faith in? They're renewing their faith in Christians who actually love live what they say God's doing miracles God is doing miracles right in the midst of our darkness and when the crowd saw what happened look at this this is when the crowd saw what happened Jesus touches his physical need and he also gives him new life because of this faith in Jesus he has new sight new life when the crowd saw what happened, they too erupted with shouts of praise to God. This was like a huge choir praising Jesus because Jesus was out there. Jesus was out there where the need was. So There's so much to this story. There is so much to this story. First of all, I, I want to just kind of break it down for you right now and apply it for you. Just six things, and you'll see this in your app notes there uh, for this message. First of all, the blind man's problem. First of all, the, the blind man had a problem. And, and there was a time where he had vision, like I said, when things were bright, when he saw how beautiful that, that, that things around him were, but, but now they were dark and they were dim. And he couldn't see what was going on around him and he couldn't see tomorrow or the next week. Sometimes life can be so hard that you cannot see through your pain. You can't see through your loss. You can't see through your hurt. And, and listen, I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life when there's been so much hurt in our community. So, so, much, so much pain. And as I said, 30 years pastoring here at Valley Christian Church, I believe it was all preparation for this moment for me. I really do. That God knew on May 20th, 1990, he saw May of 2020. And I think what he probably said was like, well, that old boy, he's gonna need 30 years to get ready for that because he knows me. And it wasn't like, I'll give him three years to prepare. No, he needs three decades to prepare for that. Reaching people. Our community has never been hurting as much as it's hurting right now. And that's why we're there for him. And we're there for you, Valley family. The blind man had a problem. 
he, he was a beggar. And, and you can just imagine just, just how humiliating that is. Just, just having to beg people because he couldn't work. He, he was out of work. All he saw was darkness. Couldn't see the, the future. Everything looked dark. I, I wonder if, if, if even spiritually speaking, maybe that's what you're experiencing right now. But the story doesn't end there. <laughs> just getting started. Then we see the blind man's prayer. And his prayer is simply this, he calls out to God. Again, sometimes the greatest prayer that you and I can ever pray is simply, Jesus, I need a miracle! Jesus, I need you! Doesn't have to be fancy. Please don't start talking King James English, because by the way, Jesus never spoke King James English. He never spoke English. English wasn't even invented back then. Jesus, I need you. And, and what we find, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, save me. Jesus, heal me. He's right there. What a great prayer. Captured the Savior's attention. He called out to God. See, see God's doing stuff even in, like I said, we've had 50 days now. Prayer every single day of what, you know, sometimes in churches you call it corporate prayer. 50 days, every day for 50 days now. And we're going to keep on going all the way to the end of this. All the way till we see it through. And, and God's moving. Because here's, here's something that is so true. Prayer should be our first priority, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first priority. Not our last resort. The first thing that we should do when there's any need is pray. We should pray. And, and, and you know what? We shouldn't just pray by ourselves. Pray with others. There's power when we unite our hearts in prayer together. That's why I think we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing. I, I mean, just, just, just one example. There was a woman in our church that was, got in touch with Susie and I and, and uh, she serves regularly in, in, in our church and all, and, and she's pregnant, expecting uh, a, another child, and began to have some symptoms of, of COVID-19. And she went to the doctor, and, and, and the doctor checked her and, and said, listen, uh, I, wanna, I want, you're going to have to take a test, and, and if this comes back positive, we're going to have to take the baby early. And, and, and it wasn't close to, not even like within a week or two, of when the baby due date was. And she reached out to, to my wife and, and said, please pray. Please, please pray for me and for my baby because the doctor thinks I, I probably do have COVID-19 and they're going to have to take my baby prematurely. And we got to praying. And we, we sent that out and asked other people in Valley Family to pray. Just this past week, <laughs> she texted back, I got my test back, it's negative. I get to carry my baby till my baby's ready to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for, for prayers that, that Jesus answers. Thank you, Jesus. The blind man prayed. See, prayer should be our first priority, not our last resort. How, how much is, how much is, Prayer your first priority, the thing you do first. 
I, I know I could grow in that. I, I, I want to be better in that. I, I want it not to be second. I, I, I don't want to even let worry, I don't want to even let fear come. I want to pray first. Prayer should be our first priority, not our last resort. And, and by the way, he prayed more than once. Did you notice that? Twice he said, Jesus, he called out, Jesus. He didn't answer the first time, Jesus, I need a miracle. Jesus kept on walking, Jesus. When they tried to silence his shout, he said, I will not be silent. That's what his prayer was. He prayed again. It just, just because God doesn't answer the first time, don't quit. Keep praying. If the blind man one time, Jesus, I need a miracle. Oh, he didn't hear. Well, it didn't happen. Oh, God doesn't care. He never would have seen his miracle. He, he, he was not discouraged after the first time. He persevered in prayer. He continued in prayer. Just because your prayer doesn't get answered the first time, don't stop. Don't quit. So, so first we see the blind man's problem. Then we see the blind man's prayer. And then the blind, blind man's praise as he shouts out. You, you know, he, he couldn't see, but there was a lot of things that, that he could do. Uh, he couldn't see, but he could hear. He could shout. He could praise. The blind man wouldn't allow the, the crowd, could I put it this way, to shush his shout. He wouldn't allow the crowd to shush his shout. Who's trying to shush your shout? Who's trying to say, oh, stop all that Jesus stuff. That really doesn't do it. Who, who, who's, who's, who's in the crowd trying to keep you quiet? We, don't, we all know people like that, don't we? Do you know somebody who's like too loud in social situations? It's just like, you know, they walk into a funeral like, what time does this start? You know, it's just like, that's not, shh, 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 quiet. There's certain times when it's like, really, you just got to be quiet. They shush, you're shouting. This is the right time to shout. It's the right time to shout when it comes to Jesus. The, the people trying to shush the blind man's shout, can I put it this way, didn't understand his situation. But Jesus did. Those that were trying to shush a shout didn't understand the darkness that he was dealing with. But Jesus did. But Jesus did. They didn't know his story. They didn't know his struggle. But Jesus did. His shout, let me put it this way, opened up a pathway to the Savior of the world. Jesus, I need a miracle. And Jesus stopped. And the crowd parted. Because the blind man refused to be shushed and he shouted again and Jesus comes to the shout, to the prayer Jesus, I need a miracle I, I just imagine, you know, that blind man's like what's going on? because he, he can't see he, he's just, it gets quiet and he's just like, what's going on? Where are you? Where, where are you, Jesus? Can't see you. Where are you? What, what's happening? So, so, someone tell me what's happening. Where are you? And, and then he just hears, I'm right here. I'm right beside you. You know, maybe, uh, maybe this difficulty, well, this 
quarantine, the stay home. It's just, just made things so dark for you. Understand this. You may not be able to see him right now, but Jesus is right beside you. Jesus is right beside you. Don't, don't be discouraged because you can't see him. Because it's dark. But Jesus, I'm right here. Let me just ask you this question. Have you, have you let this pandemic steal your praise? Don't, don't let the pandemic steal your praise. The blind man, he, he shouted. He praised Jesus. And because he did, he got a miracle. And then Jesus is passing. Je- Jesus is passing. You know, think about that blind man. Every day he's just out there and, and people are just passing. They're just passing him. They're just, just, just passing. Any, anyone feel like this? It, it almost feels like in the middle of, of all this, it almost feels like that movie Groundhog Day. It's just like the same day over and over and over. And it's like, okay, May has started now. Yeah, but it just feels just like April. <laughs> it just feels just like March. And, and what day of the week is it anyway? It's just like over and over and over. That, that's kind of how this blind man, I think, was feeling. Just the same thing. Day after day, people just pass him day after day after day after day. But the reality is, for this blind man, Jesus was walking in the middle of his darkness. And right now, Jesus is walking in the middle of my darkness as well. And he's walking in the middle of your darkness as well. I'm right here. I'm right beside you. As Jesus was passing and, and then Jesus paused. Jesus paused. Jesus took the time. I mean, I mean, think about this for a minute. The crowd could have been a thousand people. He was on his way to Jerusalem. I mean, he knew what was about to happen. He, he knew what the Lord's will, what the Father's will was. Uh, and, and this blind man is shouting out, and it stops Jesus in his tracks. And, and, and I got to believe that that blind man probably at that time, he's, he's like, why would a man like that care for me? Why, why would a man like Jesus care for me? Jesus stopped. How, how does a savior like Jesus who's so perfect, so powerful, stop for a person like Greg. How does that happen? How can God stop for a person like me? How can God stop for a person like you? You know why? Because Jesus loved that blind man. And Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves you more than you will ever know or ever be able to comprehend. That's why he stopped. He'll be there for you. He'll take time with you. Just like he did this blind man. Right in the middle of the darkness. Right now. Right where you are. Right in your home or if you're in your car, taking a break from work, right where 
you are. Jesus loves you more than you'll ever be able to comprehend, and he's right there with you. Jesus paused, and Jesus took time, and Jesus touched him, gave him his attention, and said, your faith in me has healed you and given you new life. And then the sixth thing, Jesus provided a miracle. Jesus provided a miracle. When he'd received his miracle, he began praising God again. He he didn't forget where his miracle came from. It it says he followed Jesus. And, And not only that, the crowd began to praise him as well. Praise Jesus Uh, His praise inspired others to praise Jesus too. And and I just wonder right now, if if we would just determine we're not going to let anyone shush our shout. We're not going to let anyone (laughs) discourage us from praising Jesus. I, I, I just wonder if maybe a ripple effect would even start. Right? Right in your home, I'm I'm talking about it. And if we just began to think. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for putting breath in my lungs. Thank you, God, for for putting a roof over my head. Thank you, God, for for giving me a job that I'm on a break from right now watching this online campus. Thank you, God, for my friend who who shared this link with me. Thank you, God. If we'll just begin to praise it, I just wonder, I think we'd see that miracle again, that the crowd would begin to praise Jesus again. See, I don't know about you, but let me just say this, Valley fan. I'm not going to let my circumstances or situations silence my shout. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep on praising Jesus. And you know what happens when I do? And you know what happens when you do as well? He changes our vision. He changes our view. He changes what you and I are seeing. Instead of darkness, we see the beauty around us, even in the middle of difficulty. Man, there's so much, and I love this story. There's so much in it. Some of you probably know, probably the most well-known hymn in the world. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. That's what came to this blind man that day. That's what Jesus wants to bring to you today. Right now in the middle of whatever your need is for a miracle. If it's physical healing, if it's, if it's provision because you lost your job, if it's relational, emotional, Jesus brings amazing grace to those who were blind by all the darkness around us. But now we see. You know what I'm praying right now? 
I'm praying that God would restore the sight and the vision and the hope to every person who feels like, Jesus, I need a miracle. I'm just praying that, that Jesus would do what he does best, that he would touch us in our greatest need. And when he does, let's not forget who to give the glory to. And let's not forget to follow. Just like the blind man didn't forget to follow. He knew who to give thanks to, to praise. And he knew who to follow. It wasn't his friends. It was the one that had given him new life in his body, new sight, and new life in his spirit. Just like Jesus said. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your miracle power. Lord, we thank you for every miracle that Jesus performed, that he provided. And, and, and Father, we just pray that there be faith in our hearts today. Lord, maybe we're, we're blinded to the darkness and the difficulty of these days that we're living in. Well, Lord, we just pray right now that we would reach out to Jesus Say, Jesus, I need a miracle. We'd shout and we wouldn't let other people silence that shout, but Lord, we'd give praise to Jesus. And that his amazing grace, Lord, touch us with it. Touch us. Lord, as the darkness and the dilemma that we're walking through has stolen so much joy and peace from us. Lord, may we make prayer first priority, not a second thought. Daily in everything we do. Thank you, Lord, that the miraculous power that was present in the days of old is still present today through Jesus Christ. And we lean into him. We lean into prayerfully putting Jesus first in every situation and circumstance. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, even, even in your living room, I want to give you an opportunity if, if you've never prayed and put your faith in Jesus Christ before, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved that, that's how you find new life that's how this blind man not only was healed physically he was healed spiritually he had new vision and new life Jesus said because of his faith in him and so right now I just want to lead you in a prayer and I just invite you to open your heart up if you've never done it before and put your faith in Jesus Christ today just repeat after me saying, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me, by your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you 
Amen. Amen.